Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. I'm Brandi Higa, and today is Thursday, March 16, 2023. Joining us this week is the Director of the Department of Planning and Permitting, Don Takeuchi Opuna. Don, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Don, on Tuesday of this week, Mayor Blangiardi delivered his third State of the City Address. And one of the things mentioned um, in that speech was the creation of three task force groups in permitting, affordable housing, and the solar industry. Can you talk a little bit about these groups? Yeah, so we're trying to collaborate more with the outside industry to understand what their struggles are with with DPP and how maybe um, just getting their input. We we bring up certain issues to them and they're like a sounding board for us or they just give us a lot of different ideas for those three areas. And who makes up these groups? Are they active now? What's the timeline on that? They're active. Well, we've recently formed all three, solar, affordable housing, and permitting. We've met with the permitting uh, task force recently in the last couple of weeks. And then the other two, there are upcoming meetings. So what would this mean for your department in regards to maybe permit wait times and the workload for your department? So uh, specifically the permitting uh, task force, they're very helpful. We come up with different ideas and ask them, do you think this will be better for when you submit applications, et cetera? That last group, though, solar industry, that one maybe not so obvious to folks. Permitting, yes. Affordable housing, yes. But the need for expanded solar review and approval, how did that come about? What's the situation there? Well, so when we look at our data of the types of permits, over 60% of all of our permits are solar, which is huge. The next category below that is 14%, and that's just for alterations. So it's the biggest part of what we do. So we really need to focus in and make sure that those permits are running smoothly because they affect all the other permits as well. A really forward-looking question here. When does the saturation level of solar get high enough that that 60% of the permits you you mentioned are no longer solar? You know, I don't know. And we're just now looking at how, like, I'm hearing that solar started way back in 2012, that we got a really huge influx at that point, which which we never caught up with too. And we we're just looking at this historic data. No one knew about the history of solar throughout the department, but um, it seems to come in waves, but it's al- always been a, just at a high level since that time, 2012. And we're just, um, every time there's tax uh, rebates or whatever, or new technology, it seems to um, get higher and we don't know necessarily, or we haven't been dealing with it as something specific as we are now with the task force and making sure it has like a separate lane for permitting. We're trying to really make sure we look at it closely and not necessarily treat it like other types of permits. Something else that came up during this week's State of the City address, the use of a bot or artificial intelligence to pre-screen building plans. Mayor touched on some of the success so far this year. Can you expand on just how much that bot has helped your department? The bot has helped us in the pre-screen, which is the first phase of a permit review, making sure that the plans are correctly formatted. So what my mayor had reported was it went from five months to five weeks, that which is a great improvement, but the backlog has now shifted a little. So we'll continue to work on that backlog and we continue to work on the process throughout so that it will slowly, I mean not slowly, quickly permits will move all the way through. And so does this bot, is this working 24-7? Is it taking care of all the pre-screen? So it's only taking care of the first four of 10 pre-screen checklist items. The remaining six are by manual review. 
And what happens is at night, we turn it on. There's actually two bots, and they'll scan all of the plans and basically get through whatever comes in overnight. And so you mentioned the bottleneck might start to happen a little further down the line. What happens next? Is there is there another set of technology that'll help us with the next step in the pre-screen process? Well, so the bot, we're going to try to program a few more of the checklist items. Mm -hmm. So rather than just four, maybe five, maybe six. And then we're actually trying to slim down the other uh, pre-screen items. And then as far as more automation, at the back end, during the approved issue, when we require payment, we're trying to automate that and make that a lot less manual and just go online and pay and be able to get their permit in a PDF. Uh, when we talk about a bot, it's so abstract in nature. Mm -hmm. What are we actually talking about? Is this a computer? Is it like a rack of machines in a warehouse somewhere? It, it's a computer program. Um, I've seen, so when the vendor was here and they were going through development, we could see on the screen the, the bot like looking at the plans or going, you just see the plans kind of rolling through and it's kind of scanning. I mean, I don't think they, the bot, the, there's, the video screen isn't always on, but that's what the bot's doing. It's scanning each page and looking for things that we've identified that we want them to look at. So yeah, it's not like a, like a robot like a metal robot walking around. <laughs> you haven't named it? No, there's two. I think they might have you named, named them. No, no, no. So how smart are these bots, though? Like, if there's a smudge on the paper, have, have we made strides in terms of how smart? This yeah. Is? So this is really upsetting to a lot of um, design professionals that for the stamp space in the top right corner, which is where we put our, our stamp of approval, um, we wanted no smudges, not a single like tiny speck because the bot would say, ah, no good, and he would reject it. And that was very upsetting. So we, we kind of um, let up on that, but that's how precise the bot is. He'll, he'll, he or she will, <laughs> will look and look and try to find exactly what we ask it to do. Mayor's mentioned this a lot, just how proud he is of you in arguably one of the toughest departments in the city. Um, kudos to you, truly. This, this has been difficult. At the beginning of the administration, there were stories maybe every month of indictments. Morale was at an all-time low. How difficult has this been to navigate for you personally? Um, well, like Mayor said, I think we give him nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> and in the beginning, it was super rough um, for me, but uh, with a great team and the mayor's support and just working with everyone, we get through it. And just the little wins helps to carry us through. So. As bad as it seems, it's not too bad. And if we can just continue to work together, it's, it's going to be fine. What prepared you for this, though? Like, like we mentioned, it's, it's been difficult. Um, I think uh, being a mom of three boys has helped me. Because, yeah, it's just like you just got to go, go, go and adapt and do what you can to help, you know, make sure that your, your children, well, no, I don't want to call them children, but, you know, your DPP, that you want the best for them and you want to give them everything they can to succeed. So in that same way, I feel like that's what I'm trying to do here for DPP, just give the department as much as it needs to to, to be successful. How, how old are they? Uh, the 18-year-old, 16-year-old, and 11-year-old. The, the oldest is at a Cal Poly Humboldt in Northern California. The junior, it, or the 16-year-old is a junior at Kamehameha. They just won song contest. Oh, ma'o, ma'o. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, and then um, the fifth grader, or the 11th, 11-year-old 11 is a fifth grader <laughs> at 
Are you sure these are your children? Rural City Highlands Elementary. So what is your secret to success? You just mentioned these three boys. They're all teenagers. <laughs> um, but you're still juggling this department. What If you had to give me your secret to success, what would it be? I don't know. I just just wake up every day and start all over again. I don't know what the secret is. Yeah. Where were you before this? I was at the Attorney General's office. Yeah. And for people that maybe aren't as familiar with you, you, you were the deputy before that, but... Uh, what was your role at the AG's office? Where would you go to school? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so at the AG's office, I was a land use attorney, basically, okay. helping um, the Office of Planning. And then prior to that, I had a stint at the public housing. And then I was actually DPP's Deputy Corporation Counsel for several years. So that was kind of my first foray into understanding what DPP does. But I had no idea at that point all of the the major challenges that the department had then. So it's been a real eye-opener in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I want to get to one of the questions sent in by a member of the public. Um, this person asks, what is the legal mandate for communication regarding inspections to close out a building permit? Are building plumbing electrical inspectors required to document their inspections in writing, either via software or email? So I think that the inspectors are supposed to document inspections. We're, we're kind of looking at everything that we do. We don't have a lot of standard operating procedures, so I think that's something that we, we need to have in writing, and I, I don't think we necessarily have that in writing, but it's important what that, that caller or that, you know, the question, where the question is coming from. Yeah, and this may be because there's no um, procedure just yet. Maybe this is something to look into. But the second part of this person's question is, are the results of inspections publicly available, or at least available, to the homeowner or property owner? This person has a problem where the plumber has been meeting the inspector over the course of the last year, and every few months the plumber is telling me something needs to be changed based on the inspector's verbal input, and they say it's stalling their project and seems kind of fishy. Oh, yeah, that does sound fishy. I mean, I would tell the owner to directly contact our inspector. We have a lot of that um, in different areas of our department where it's best to contact, contact us directly. Sometimes the design professionals or the, um, the contractors, they, they want to be the person giving the message when really if you want to know what DPP is doing, just ask us directly. Uh, getting back to State of the City, Mayor mentioned this. Bill 6, relating to professional self-certification, did pass first reading last month. So what would this bill do? So this bill would just allow the department to um, allow permit reviews outside of DPP. Right now, it's only within the authority of the department. So this would allow uh, engineers and architects to self-certify their own plans and not have to go through our process. It's a, um, they do it on the mainland. Um, but we would have to, if the bill passes, do administrative rules to make sure that it's well done and that people aren't just rubber stamping and not trying to exploit the system. What's the timeline for that, for the rules and, and implementation? So if we can get the bill passed in the next few months, I think administrative rules might take at least three to four months after that. So hopefully within a year's time, we could have it set up and, and running. Like you said, you don't want this to be kind of a rubber stamp. So who would the liability fall on? for projects or, or any kind of jobs that they do? So for self-certification, it would definitely fall on the architect or the engineer. Okay. Yeah. And then what kind of projects are we talking about here? Um, we're still looking at that, and I think that would be part of the administrative rule process, but something like um, 
tenant improvements, low risk types of projects, but ones that there's a lot of them that people can can just have a self-certifying um, engineer or architect sign off on. Uh, that would be probably the ideal. So obviously there's been a lot of support. There's What was the genesis of this bill and what kind of change would that mean for DPP? I guess workload-wise, that would probably make a difference. Yeah, we think that it could um, cut out a portion of the backlog for those types of projects if people are willing and wanting to use self-certification. Um, it came about, we've heard from the industry, they've asked for it, they've seen it on the mainland. And so we did our research and we're like, yeah, we can provide that as an option. And something else that was mentioned in this year's State of the City Address was the creation of special assignment inspections. Mm -hmm. What would that look like? So right now we have special assignment inspections for commercial projects. And that's where if you um, meet certain qualifications, you can begin construction while your permit is in process. So it's only been limited to commercial projects, but uh, under a bill, I think that is currently before the council um, would allow for residential special assignment inspections. Um, the only thing that we would caution about is that we need more inspectors to do this. And currently we wouldn't be able to handle the load. So we would need to get the capacity in order to do residential special assignment inspections. You talk about the load that your department kind of handles and, and the difficulty there. Um, but I look at your office and you know, you have some artwork on the ground. You haven't even put your certificates up. Are you, I'm sorry, but there's a plant dying in the corner. <laughs> Um, how, how busy is this job and is it everything that you expected? It's, um, it's a lot of hours for me. Um, I think it's just what's driving me is that I think that we, we have this problem, we're trying to fix it and, and we're on our way, you know, and it's like, I don't want to stop until we get it right. So I don't feel like burnt out or not yet at least, but it's just, I feel driven to get it done. And like I said, I have such a good team that motivate me. And again, the little wins are huge. So it just, it's just kind of this thing that keeps going and going. So yeah, I, I, I'm also not good at keeping plants. So it's not <laughs> really not that I'm busy. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> oh, this is another question that was sent in by a member of the public. Mayor tried to answer this a few weeks ago. Um, but maybe you'll have a better response to this one. It came in from a, a woman named Linda mm -hmm. who says, it's time to review the criteria for Ohana housing. Why is it necessary to have an indoor entrance to an addition when you want an outdoor entrance only? So if they want to rent to someone, they'd have to have people coming through their house to enter the addition. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is that the case? So I think like I could be wrong. The ADUs, I think it's intended for families. Mm -hmm. That It's just an extension of your own family. That That's why. And so that kind of helps to prevent outside tenants, but I'm not completely sure on that. Another issue that came up, this was pretty much in the beginning of the administration, illegal short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. A major problem taken on by this administration. Where do we stand now in terms of being able to regulate on those? So we recently, back in October, when the bill came became, became effective, we stood up a, a whole branch focused on short-term rental enforcement. That's um, we have five investigators and an administrator, and they've work, been working full-time on short-term rental enforcement since October. Uh, we recently hired some investigators who can do a little bit more than inspectors. So we continue to register legal ones and to enforce on illegal short-term rentals. What kind of numbers has that team been able to put up? Do we have those? Um, we 
not at hand, but we have, yeah, plenty of NOVs and uh, notices of order that have been issued. When it comes to the structure and organization of DPP, uh, Mayor mentioned this as well in this week's State of the City address, but what does our structure and organization look like compared to municipalities of similar size? So what's interesting is that I, when I look at um, different jurisdictions, there's just a building department. Mm -hmm. So they just handle building uh, permits. Um, even Maui County and Kauai County, their building departments are separate from their planning departments. So that in itself, you know, we were doing twice, you know, two different things. I mean, they're related, but it's a lot to be to have under one director. Um, so that that in itself is something different than other jurisdictions. I know mayors asked um, you and, and Giro to look into this. What do you think success would look like in regards to making this department run, I guess, better? <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Everything, I think what we've learned in the last couple of years is there's been a lot of layers added, a lot of band-aids. And what we're doing now is we're just stripping back layer by layer, band-aid by band-aid. And, and I think that's what it's about. People want this department to be efficient and effective. It needs to be very streamlined and simple and just carry out its basic duties. But over time, over two decades, I think there's been a lot that's been piled on that doesn't make sense or is not required. So we're peeling back all those layers right now. You mentioned those band-aids. Are there any kind of changes that can be made maybe quickly or easily that would help you know, streamline processes, make this department run more efficiently? Yesterday I met with staff down in our permitting and we were talking about that, like even in the pre-check for the pre-screen, I'm sorry, the, the pre-screen checklist, we're taking away some of the requirements there. I asked them, do we really need this? We don't need it legally, so let's take it out. Or we compare our checklist to Maui or Koi, same thing. They don't have it what's the purpose take it out otherwise we're just burdening our staff and we're burdening the applicant when you talk about meeting with staff what are some of the challenges you're facing there um well for the most part there's a lot of people in, the, in this department that want to help and they want to see dpp improve and get better so that's always really exciting and just um, a great team effort challenges the biggest challenge is probably just the hiring like we're so uh, our vacancies are high we we try to hire or we continue to hire but uh, we need more capacity have you seen any gains so far i know that there was an initiative by the city to kind of get more bodies through the door talented bodies through the door yeah i think what we have done definitely is we've um we've promoted so that we can fill vacancies we've done everything that we're supposed to we continue every week to have interviews it's just I think it takes a while for, for all of it to show, but we, we are working on it. So the task force groups we mentioned, AI to improve services, Bill 6, um, a, a talented leadership at DPB finally. I know that there was a, you know, the deputy, sec, first deputy said that they're vacant for so long. A lot of great systemic changes so far. Um, out of all of that though, what are you most proud of? Um, I don't know, just my, my staff. Everything that we've done together to try to make improvements, they're, they're just, it's amazing. They, they know more than anyone else what's going on with the department. So when they step forward and they say, hey, I have an idea or I know what needs to be fixed, it's it's huge because I think that's the only way we can we can really do it. And this really is a monster task you're taking on. Um, but when I say the word monster, I think of the monster <laughs> homes that you kind of took on right when you stepped into office. Um, why did that become kind of a passion project for you? And, and what's the strides that you made in, in that realm? 
So, yeah, no, I mean, we heard so many complaints about the monster homes issue and that DPP wasn't doing anything about it. So I wanted to see what's going on. And uh, I had some staff that were very helpful uh, for us to really dig in. And, and we looked at some of the more chronic monster home developers and, and found some interesting stuff and then interesting information about what our staff was doing or not doing. So we kind of went hard on one of them. And since then, I think things have gotten a little bit better. Like people know that we're not just going to let things, uh, these kind of projects go through and we're going to come and enforce even if you're, you've already begun to build. So hopefully that has sent some message, but we will continue to look at these types of um, monster homes. So when did you know that you could do accents? I heard that's a secret talent of yours. I'm from a very young age. I've been doing accents. They come and go, I actually, and they have to come to me <laughs> for me to actually, yeah. So right now I'm not really feeling anything, but maybe as we talk, something will come. Accents. You also drive a motorcycle? No, not yet. Oh, oh. <laughs> so not even not yet. I recently passed my permit for a motorcycle last week. I barely passed. The DMV lady's like, you barely pass. I'm like, yes. So, Wait, yeah. why do you want to drive a motorcycle? I don't know. It looks like fun. So It looks like fun. <laughs> do you are currently own a motorcycle? No. But I, I'm going to take the course in May, the LCC course. It's all right. It's only in the parking lot. You don't have to worry. I won't be out on the street. <laughs> Don, when's your birthday? Um, March 25th. Oh, that's coming up. What's the one thing that you want for your birthday? A motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you could sit down for lunch or coffee with anyone, living or dead. Who would it be? Probably my dad. Yeah. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> and and why? I miss my dad. He um, passed away in 2018. But yeah, I feel like he's here helping me through this challenge somehow so yeah and what would he say to you now that you are the director for the department <laughs> of planning and permitting i think he'd say um he's proud of donnie for taking on the challenge yeah i know that your dad is proud of you um did you study this is this what you went to school for to become <laughs> yeah, I studied um, urban planning, but honestly, so when I when I became deputy, I thought I was going to be talking about policy, big policy, and oh, what should we do with the land, and it, it's been like minimally that, and it's all about like management and improvement, so it's, a lot of it is really new to me, but it's, that's what we're doing, we're just trying to figure out what the problem is, and then tackle it one by one, so it's it's fun, and it's interesting. And where did you go to high school? I went to school, I went to high school at John Muir High School, which is not in Kauai, it's in Pasadena, California, <laughs> but it's a great school, it's a good, uh, yeah, I had a good um, experience growing up in Southern California. Are there any famous alumni from your high school? Yeah, the most famous is Besides Don Takichu. <laughs> Jackie Robinson. So you're a California girl, so does that mean that you're a California sports fan? Yes, I am. Who's your team? Uh... It was the Lakers until they traded Shaq. And then, oh, long time ago. <laughs> I okay, did I just date myself? And then uh, Dodgers all my life. Um, and then UCLA Bruins. 
who hopefully will go far in the tournament this year. Is there anything that we missed that you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. Are you going to give me your best Brandy voice impersonation? I haven't ever tried a Brandy voice. I got to work on it. I'll get back to you okay. next time, next podcast. Don, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Brandy. You can join us for another podcast. And if you have a question for Don or any of the departments here in the city and county of Honolulu, you can submit your podcast questions by heading to oneoahu.org slash podcast. And just a quick reminder, Mayor Blagiardi's town hall tour kicks off next week. You'll be there, right? Yes. Yes, they're in person. First stop is Eva Makai Middle on Tuesday, March 21st. Then on Thursday, March 23rd, we'll be at Waianae District Park. Both meetings begin at 7 p.m. You can find more info at oneoahu.org slash town hall. And we hope you'll listen in next week as we're back with Mayor Rick Blangiardi right here on the One Oahu Podcast. Until then, aloha.